calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. My name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the writer and producer of the actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, God's Fall. My name is Dylan. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a physicist from Canada. Welcome to, to Kill Every Monster. This week on Kill Every Monster, we are featuring the troll. The monster manual states that trolls are fearsome, green-skinned giants eating anything they can catch and devour. Only acid and fire can arrest the regenerative properties of a troll's flesh. This episode, we are joined by Gnome. Gnome has been running games in various systems for almost two decades and puts those skills to use in real life where he works at a children's bookstore putting on events for kids and trying to indoctrinate them into tabletop gaming. He can be found on Twitter at Gnome the Barbarian, where he talks about gaming, weird animals, and ADHD. Welcome to the show, Gnome. I am very excited to be here. Uh, I think y'all will y'all will be aware that as soon as you posted episode one, uh, I jumped on that in the comments and said, "Dibs on trolls! D dibs on trolls!" <laughs> yep, you were quite excited. In like a bullet, like right there. There are two episodes that really excite me. There are the episodes like the Nothic where I was like, just this was one of the monsters I wanted to talk about. Like, I love Nothics. The doppelganger was really cool. The troll is one of the monsters where I'm like, I need someone to sell me on this. I don't see how. I just don't get that. I mean, the troll is so it, it, it is part of every cartoon I watch. It's part of every childhood story. It's and I will I will justify that statement later. I'll I'll, I'll explain myself. But like more important than what i think gnome what is a troll to you a troll for me is the perfect always in context monster because of its ubiquity you know you talk about it being in every show every story you know it's three billy goats gruff and it's also the troll dolls like it's it's everywhere in between those two which means that with almost any kind of story you're telling you can just drop a troll in no problem easy peasy 
more than that, a troll is a monster, if we're just talking mechanically in 5e, that has a really wide range of levels it's a threat at, that you can drop a troll on a level 2 party and just entirely wreck their day. And you can drop a variant troll on up to like level 6, 7, 8, 9, where it's still nothing to sneeze at. These things can come out of nowhere, ambush, they can, they can be a threat to a wide range of players, and importantly, they're also sentient which means that they're one of the monsters that uh, if you follow that three Billy Goats gruff style story, you don't necessarily have to beat them or the way that you beat them doesn't necessarily have to be combat. And that puts them for me in the same ballpark as things like illithids, mind flayers, or uh, uh, kobolds, goblins, where it doesn't have to be a, uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily a combat encounter. And almost a combat encounter is almost the failure state of interacting with a troll. Yeah, absolutely. One troll is a threat. Two trolls are not twice the threat. Two trolls are much more than twice the threat because you have to now stop two types of regeneration. And it's very hard to split that damage. It, it's a lot like how casters have that logarithmic progression of difficulty. Yeah. Yep. Where two level one casters and a level two caster are not the same thing at all. This is sort of where my problem with trolls sit in is exactly that cool thing. I like trolls in that if I ever need a monster, I can always throw a troll at a party. I always take a little bit of issue with a monster where the only thing I can really figure to use it in is sort of a random encounter context. I don't know how I could build an arc around a troll. You find yourselves in the village, the the uh, dilapidated buildings dripping with the, the mold and mildew of the, the, the rainy autumn that still hasn't given way to winter. And at the center of the town, which is deserted and quiet, you find the message board and scrawled across the messages that have been left by the the fleeing inhabitants of the town in what appears to be a, a charcoal ended log in rough giant runes you read i need people find goat my goat missing pay you shiny i love troll like quest giver i love troll as like impediment like preventing you from getting somewhere but like i said it, it's that it's that bit of like the immediate like this quest involves a troll i don't know how i would write a campaign where i'm like this game revolves around trolls you know it's like the troll is a monster i throw in as a mook in addition to other giants or in addition to like a warlord who's managed to muster trolls and, like, that is a minor gripe, because they also do some really, really cool things. It's just, I want, I want to value them more, you know? A troll tells a very complete story. It does. It is a very clear reflection of who we are. It sets up tropes that we're all incredibly familiar with. It's a perfect way to onboard new people into the game and it gives them a story they can tell in a couple sessions maybe even one and give them and gives them a sense of completion mm -hmm. that not a lot of other monsters can give a party i'd also like to know uh dylan if by any chance uh there's some reason that you feel like beowulf isn't a real story <laughs> okay zing so this is one of those things where i have to think for a second because i don't know beowulf that well 
I always have Grendel as effectively a hag in my head, and then son of Grendel is troll. Grendel is the troll. Grendel's mother is the the hag. But that's exactly the duology that's described in the Monster Manual, where it says that trolls may be part of the family or small groups of hags. That right there is a story where you have uh, the quest giver is a human. So you go and find this hero. Um, The troll serves at first as a force of nature, where there's this thing that keeps coming back and forth to the halls of so-and-so and and the uh the troll is killing his dudes and stealing his mead and being uh, a force of nature and by that force of nature you start to reveal the things that have happened um in this place and you if you take the uh the animated movie version that had uh Uh, what's her name, Angelina Jolie playing Grendel's mother, Uh, you can even tell the larger story of there's this kind of generational lie that's happening that is producing the troll. So the troll doesn't have to be the main actor in the story for an interesting story to be told around a troll. Um, And Beowulf's kind of cheating. This is one of those things that I've read this in prep for the episode like three times and you always miss something until you're sitting there in the recording. But the troll freaks bit, that to me is the greatest failing of the monster manual, is that that's the most interesting thing I've seen in this entire stat block. And I'm like, oh, it might eat a fey creature and gain one of its traits because they're super prone to mutation. Yeah, lop off its head and it grows another. I mean, come on. Those are fantastic ideas. And I love that they tied it into like they just mutate because they regenerate so fast that they're prone to spontaneous mutation. I mean, does that actually make sense though? But it's a fantastic way to make it feel like it does. So this is where I would do something with like a wizard or a hag and you have a troll and they're just engineering a monster. I need something that can do a bunch of heavy lifting jobs. If you get a hag and they cut the head off a dragon and while it's still like sort of kicking, they just like slap it on the chest like cut the troll across the chest and just jam it in there and try to get it to heal fast enough that it grafts a dragon onto itself. Jesus. Horrifying. Just such an uncoordinated, worthless monster. But it would be so fucking scary. I'm imagining a drow priestess who has a troll, has two trolls rather, and keeps like chopping the arms and legs off of one to stitch them onto the other Trying to engineer a drider? Effectively, yeah, a drider troll. So I'll, I'll give you, there are fun things that you can do with it that aren't necessarily statted. I will say that aren't necessarily statted in 5th edition, especially in Faerun, uh, the troll variants that they went into there, the the Scrag and the Blade Rager trolls and the, the all these various things. But um, just keeping to troll, though, just keeping to troll, what you've got is, is this source of mechanical difficulty, but also this source of potentially uh, narrative difficulty as well, because the troll as force of nature can represent something dangerous and difficult to deal with uh, beyond just the fight. I like leaning into the body horror of it too, that you've got this fast regeneration, you've got effectively, what if cancer was bipedal? Okay, so on that note of walking living cancer, do you think the troll is a monster? Yes, because people are. Trolls, if you look into the history of them, if you look into the history of their their use, uh, you wind up at first with this kind of 
catch-all word for fiend. This idea of this is a thing that is powerful and dangerous out in the woods or out in the mountains, you know, outside of civilization, which is part of why they don't have that society necessarily in their lore, because we within a society are looking at the people out in the woods. Now, that gets into some of the dangerous, the same kind of dangerous tropes you have with um, any of the the anti-Semitic sort of things that wander into Dungeons and Dragons. So you've got just like with the witch, the big hooked nose, and the the warts and the 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 green skin, and how those very much um, play into older tropes that Gygax was knowingly or unknowingly pulling in from from sources that were explicitly racist. We've never run into a problem where D&D has been racist or misogynist in any way. And if we ever did, I'm sure Watsi would be just uh, just on the ball and fix it. Fix it immediately. Editor's note. Since we recorded this episode, Wizards has gone in and made some changes to their monsters. Most notably in Volos, or the book that we like to call the book that makes everything worse. We harp on them for not doing enough monster ecology, but then we remember when they do monster ecology, it's usually really bad. And wizards figured that out too and removed a bunch of descriptive paragraphs for the monsters in Volos. It ends up being only about two, two and a half pages, but it does take out a bunch of problematic content. They did leave in the part about role-playing the hag and making unwanted sexual advances, but progress is progress. You see rock formations that look a bit like a person, and that's clearly just a troll who's been exposed to sunlight and has been frozen there in place. Because this is a land of of rocky cliffs and massive boulders, and you see a boulder that's been thrown down a mountain and crushes one guy's house specifically. You go, oh, well, he pissed off a troll, clearly. It's part of this imagination of nature, of the world, of a people for whom the forces of nature are massive and deadly and that you just survive there anyway. My family, uh, and my last name, Nome, actually, in particular, it's a Norwegian name, it's for the people who decided that Norway was too warm and full of people, so moved in north. <laughs> <laughs> if a giant boulder does come rolling down the hill and just takes out your house, like, you have to think that that's personal. The randomness of it requires almost a monster to be responsible. We are actors, so we look for actors in the world. I also like the idea of having trolls for when shit goes wrong, but it's way more discretized than what you would give to like a hag. If it's the witch in the woods, then you have a curse and you're done. That's the game. If you pissed off a troll, he throws a rock at your house and everyone's like, you pissed off that troll. Well, that's resolved now because the troll was like, man, dick, throw a rock at house. Right. At least a troll is satisfied like once they get like, they're not going to hold a grudge. They're going to take a swing at you and they're going to nod and huff and walk away. I don't know. I think they might hold a grudge. Like, I, it, but I understand what you're saying. It's just that they might hold a grudge as in it might take them a while to get back at you. I said at the beginning, you know, they're monsters, but only to the extent that people are. Um, I read trolls as very much they are excess. So they are ravenous hunger, ravenous thirst. You know, that's that's straight out of the Monster Manual, too, that they're driven by those kinds of uh, hungers. Um, they are greed and they are stupidity and they are uh, all of these things that make monsters out of people are present in certain depictions of trolls. Trolls are the monsters that are, I think, most faithfully translated to D&D. Uh, with the exception of their sunlight weakness, I think would be a really cool thing to include. 
I don't know why that isn't mechanically part of it, given that that's part of both the 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 actual folklore of trolls and also like in The Hobbit, you keep the trolls arguing about how to eat you until they turn to stone. There is niche protection in the monsters as well as in the classes. And when you start hitting things like Vampire that has a, you know, regeneration that gets disabled by sunlight, you start trying to like avoid overlap. So I can kind of see that in 4E, I would absolutely make the case for it because 4th edition has a lot of rules that are based on like motion control for enemies. So like you could have an encounter with a troll where it hides under the under the bridge, demands toll, and if you don't pay it, it comes and finds you. Like, I can't do anything about it right now, but you wait until it's dark, son of a bitch. And they're mentioned as excellent scent trackers, too. So it it follows your trail all the way through the night. And then if you get into that fight during the day, having the ability to, like, shove it out into the sunlight, and then, like, if it's held out in sunlight for X rounds, it actually turns to stone. But if you just get it into the sunlight, then it gets some sort of, like, disadvantage. That would be really cool for a game that did a lot more with movement. Well, also, like, if you had spellcasters on either side, right, one could do daylight, one could do darkness, it becomes, like, troll, red light, green light. Like, they could advance, now they can't, and they just have to keep battling to keep them in place. They're sentient, and they have their own desires, which are separate from human desires. They don't desire cities they don't desire the company of people they don't desire warm beds they they're of nature in a way that humans aren't uh and and in the folklore they're tied to the uh jotnar the the jotuns the the giants who fought the aesir and the vanir but who could also be reasoned with you know you have one of them steals uh iduna's apples and in exchange for Iduna's apples, they want to marry Freya. And so Thor puts a dress on and pretends to be Thre- Freya. And they go have a wedding ceremony where he has to go find the thing. And and there's an eating contest, actually, in that particular one, where one of the trolls beats Loki in an eating contest because Loki isn't realizing the troll is eating the chicken's bones and all. That Loki is sucking all the meat off the bones and going as fast as the troll is. The troll's just gobbling the bone as well. That's one of the reasons why I really like the idea of trolls is that there's this long history of of stories about tricking and dealing with and interacting with trolls. As a random encounter, a troll is great. But as a you find out that the prize cow that's gone missing has been taken as the dowry at a troll wedding. And so you've got to infiltrate a troll wedding and beat them at all of the, the wedding feats of strength they have in order to win, <laughs> win the cow back while pretending to be trolls by like wearing suits of poorly made bark and rocks and moss. But it's enough to fool them. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going to call this one a success. I'm I'm sold on trolls being like legitimately really fun to work with. I'm I'm on board for this as opposed to flumps where at the end of it, I'm still like these need a full rewrite before I'm happy. So we've covered this one a little bit in passing, but I got to ask, Gnome, how would you fix trolls in D&D 5th edition? So for starters, um, I would include a sunlight sensitivity. Now that could be something less than they turn instantly to stone. That could even be gargoyle style where they uh, turn to stone until the next uh, sunset. And, you know, they're stone, they're, they're protected. It's a defensive mechanism. Um, but on top of that, trolls are cancer. Trolls are, are, are 
an appetite linked to permanently regenerating and mutating cells. And play with that. Absolutely. Go body whore. Do either of you know how anglerfish mate? For the longest time, we did not know what a male anglerfish was. We could only catch female anglerfish, and we had no idea why. And eventually, we found out that the reason why was because male anglerfish are in the running for the smallest vertebrates on Earth. That they're these tiny little inch-long, you know, barely, barely a fish fish. And female anglerfish are 60 times their size. Male anglerfish will hunt down a female anglerfish by smell, and when finding her, will bite somewhere onto her body and then slowly be absorbed into her body until there's nothing left but the testes uh, that are just kind of dangling there off of the end. And they're part of the circulatory system. And at any point, she can use those to release uh, uh, male genetic material. You just say sperm. We say fuck a lot, so you can get away with sperm. Okay, sperm. Yeah, to, to release sperm onto the eggs that she has. And it's not even an internal process. You'd figure if you go through all that, like she could self-fertilize or something. No, it's just she's got a little goo sack stuck to her that she can squirt onto a pile of eggs. I love this for trolls because... Uh, we've got this weird, constantly regenerating, melting into each other kind of body horror. So in my homebrew, in my home setting, trolls, the giant, you know, 8 to 12 to 18 foot tall, uh, uh, massive thing, those are female trolls. And troll dolls are male trolls. Amazing. The, the short little ones with the globby features and the bright shocks of hair on top, those are male trolls. And those will just... Almost blind, almost deaf, uh, hunting entirely by smell, will will hunt through the woods to find a female troll. And when they finally do, they'll leap on her and burrow into her flesh and melt into her. Can I make a pitch on on altering the male trolls? Red caps. Yeah. Instead of making them the little like semi blind, semi like the troll doll, you make them like just clever enough, and you make that that whole murderous imp which also pulls the trolls closer to Fae, which is where I feel like they should be anyway. But that murderous impulse is like the legend of the red cap is whenever a troll sees a sufficiently large person and is like, ah, a woman, and then guts <laughs> them and tries to tear its way inside. If you're an average person, they'll just pass you by. But if you're some hulking dude, they're 100% going for you. And then they're left standing in a pile of viscera, baffled that they haven't been absorbed. And just like, why romance no work? This is stupid. And it just walks away. Why must be bad at love? I'll go on Reddit now. <laughs> <laughs> Live under bridge and be incel. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love I love playing with the body horror aspect. So um, have trolls be aware that they regenerate. So have a troll before a fight, bite one of their fingers off and throw it into the woods so that if they die, no, they don't. If they wind up uh, uh, surviving the fight, then there's another troll in the woods and they'll just, you know, have to rumble for that. They're not really planning for that level of what's going to deal with it. It's just these things have sharp things. And even though that's not ever going to be them, like they think it's going to be them, but it's never going to be them. It's going to be some other them. Yeah, but that's also like humans still demand teleportation and that's the same deal. It's troll teleportation. <laughs> they cut rip off their arm and throw it. If every cell of a troll's body has soul has troll memory, right? 
So it's like you could do troll messengers by biting off your finger and sending it. And you just have one guy who is just occasionally searing the end of a thumb. Are trolls smart enough to have that kind of philosophical argument amongst themselves? Like about, but if me bite finger, am me finger or am me what left from finger? Trolls are comedy until they aren't. Like you can put a troll on a bridge where he has stolen a, uh, a beer cart and, you know, run off the driver and is just drinking these kegs of beer one after another and laying there like Snorlax across the bridge. That's, that is a comedic problem to get around until he wakes up and until he wakes up and just pile drives your paladin into the mud because he was in a good nap. Why would you do that? It's really hard to make intentionally something that is both funny and threatening. And, and trolls manage to do that. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Going on maybe a year and a half, a paladin came through the area. There was a bit of a problem with the local townsfolk. Uh, really, anytime you're trying to rear goat, near the habitat of a troll you wind up at a bit of a clash they wound up having to hire a paladin to deal with it that paladin made a deal Wyatt Ferris came to town and the deal he struck with the troll was quite simple don't go into the fields don't go into the herds they'll leave you goats and since then every couple of weeks the town basically gathers up all of the awful, all of the kind of scraps from all of their cooking, and shoves them into these little woven wicker goats. It's They're fantastic. They're something for the kids to do just to keep them busy. And every once in a while, the troll comes through. Gnome, you want to tell me what your usual collection routine is? Gondak wanders down from his icy mountain home. Uh, every time he starts feeling hungry and and resentful of the, the, the humans in their, their warm houses and their weak man flesh. And he trundles down to the circle of stones where there's the clearing, where the, the goats are always left for him. And they're, they're very docile goats. They don't run and they don't make him run for it. It's wonderful. And he goes and he picks them up. And by this point, there's almost certainly something there going after his goats. There'll be, you know, wolves or, or worse things from the deeper woods. And so he smashes some heads in. And then he drags his goats back to his house and feasts, as is his right, as Gondak, king of this village. Aram, you've heard tell of this story, and it is a story of failure. If there's a troll nearby and a paladin rolls through, and there is a troll still. They have not done their job. They have absconded their duty for the easy path. Shame that. 
coming through town, you can see these people. They think they've gotten the good end of the deal, and quite frankly, they, they have made off with some minor benefits in that, like, many amongst the village have these fine wolf pelt cloaks. When asked, like, oh, there must be a mighty hunter in town, they just keep saying, like, no, the troll leaves them. Right, right. The troll does kind of control their wolf problem, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, but but still, you, you cannot allow evil or disorder to gather a foothold. Otherwise, chaos will take over. The road will become overgrown. You must tidy it. And this is, at best, a gamble. What happens when you don't feed the troll and it comes down and it's still hungry? What if the troll the tells its troll friends there's good food here at this village who will simply give it to them? The greed and gluttony of a beast can never be trusted. Except at sword point. <laughs> God, you're the worst. So, Aram, <laughs> Aram, I want you to introduce yourself and tell me how you're going about this hunt. My name is Zardok, the Wanderer, and I am a Goliath. He is a follower of Shandakal. He spends most of his time wandering, walking the paths, helping out caravans, helping out travelers, and just walks this path of travel and just makes sure that these paths, that, the, that, you know, the smalls walk. The smalls need a helping hand, a helping friendly hand to let them get along their way in this big world. Who you calling small, small? <laughs> so I would say that he has just wandered into town, heard tale of this problem, and decided it needs to be fixed properly. How do you track things? Is this just a straight brute force effort? Do you know how to hunt troll? No, not doing? in the least. No, I mean, I, I would have dealt with trolls, right? Certainly being from the mountains, being from amongst giant kind, there would certainly be a time where I've dealt with trolls. So I'm familiar with them. But as far as like seeking them out, I mean, I would look for a bridge. You wind up with a bit of a problem. There's like one bridge within a good day's travel of town. It's up towards the mountains, but there's basically a stream that runs under it. Uh, the, the water height, like during, uh, during the warmer seasons, the, the river actually sort of floods and there's a, a actual water level to it. But right now we're getting up close to winter and it's, if it were melted, it'd be about three inches deep and because it's only three inches deep in winter. It is dead frozen. The bridge is about, you know, seven or eight inches high above this little layer of ice and there is concretely not a troll under it you decide after a little bit of digging all right then i would wash the mud off my hands perhaps huddle next to a fire to warm them and then head back into town because i will have to ask some questions we'll do this the old-fashioned way you get into the tavern and they look up at you and the first thing out of their mat their mouths is tell me you didn't find the troll so interesting you bring that up and he'd walk over and he'd slam a couple silver down on the bar for a handful of meat well, they, like it's like a handful of mugs of me because they're never quite big enough for me no give me give me a good like uh norwegian name uh magnus uh, uh magnus haraldson 
pint, slide, pint, slide, pint, slide. Fourth pint he brings over and places in front of you. He gets his elbows up on the uh, counter, takes his head in his hands, just sort of palms against his cheeks and just like, okay, you can ask, but I would really prefer you just let this go. Look, I understand you've had a hard time here, but you're hearty folk and you've gotten through with your meager abilities and the small resources you have at hand in this rather dreary town. I can understand how your spirits may be crushed, but do not worry, good sir, for I am here and I shall right this problem for you. He takes from you, he threatens this town, and do not think he will settle at these meager offerings. Trolls always hunger. Their hunger is never abated. You cannot appease them. No, but see, here's the thing. Part of the deal was he doesn't eat until he gets home. If I put out awful as an offering, usually he's he's on a bit of a regular schedule. But if he's running late, the, the hungry wolves, the ones that would come after our livestock, come into town, they start sniffing around, and then a troll walks in and sees a wolf threatening and he does like real heavy air quotes his livestock and he gets rid of the wolves this is this is not a problem good sir you ask the wolf to come to your door and he places a hand a giant hand on his shoulder no no we ask the troll to come the wolves are an accident and the troll takes care of them then you bring the devil and the wolves with him no good sir no I am here to free you of this. And he stands up. I am here to free all of you of this. There's one voice like at the back of the tavern. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and he just downs his fifth beer and he slams his mug down. He tosses a few more silver. Good folks, do not worry. I saw you had set some offerings out by the road and now I know what they were for. Thank you for your information. I'll take care of this troll. Goodbye, good folks. Your thanks is not needed. And the door shuts. It's like, oh no, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have said anything. I and one of the guys goes like, You ain't gonna win. Yes I will <laughs> Consider consider all that beer and whiskey uh, an investment in him not winning. Yeah. <laughs> but Goliath, I had four beers. That's half a shot. I cracked open a forty down then went out. I'm good. I'm just a little kind of like, you know, extra Agro, basically. Four beers for a Goliath is kind of like if I opened a beer and took a big whiff. <laughs> if I opened a beer near me. So how far outside town do they set up these offerings? Just far enough that you can see the fields. They know it attracts the wolves. That's honestly part of the point. So they're getting just far enough out that they're not worried about, like, if the wolves wander in, they're going to get all the way into town. I'm imagining a circle of standing stones kind of on a bluff outside of town. So town can see it, it can see town, but you've got some distance between them. It's mostly placed almost as a semicircle towards the town. They can see between the gaps here and there. But for the most part, it serves as like, if you're in there getting those goats, then like a wolf won't see the goats that actually exist further out. I have a troll to deal with here, but... A troll that has been offered a fair bargain, and therefore should be treated fairly. I will stride out into the middle of this clearing in front of this offering, place a hand to my chest and cast shield of faith so that I shine brightly under the moonlight, 
take out my sword, my long great sword, and place it down before me, rest upon its handle, and wait. What time of day does Gondak usually arrive for his uh his pickings? Comfortably at night. Uh, I feel like they they drag it out in uh in the evening or in the afternoon and are back in town by waning sunlight. So he would make a point, not because he's afraid of the sun. No, Gondak fears nothing, but because uh if he comes too early, there's no goats. So he 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 knows they're back in town by nightfall so nightfall or a little bit later is generally when he'll show up and you start getting down towards the base of the hills and you can see your herd definitely real because they're full of meat goats standing in the middle is an odd you've you've heard about this uh there was a troll that like came through the area he was from some of the southern lands where they grow they called it wheat. It would, the humans treat it like it's meat, but it's made of grass, which is ridiculous. Grass is what my food eats. <laughs> Man meat is weak. Man head meat, very weak. Man meat grow from dirt. Why eat meat in dirt? <laughs> he told you about this thing they make called scaredy crows. And they seem to have one of those out there guarding your, your flock. You say that, but what do I smell? When you start getting closer, you smell like there's a weird metallic tang. You and I, Gnome, would recognize it as basically like metal polish. Like this, is, there's a chemical element to it. And there's meat, but it's fresh. Your goats are always just a little bit like decayed. There's always like just a little element of rotted to them, which is great because I mean like that's that's flavor. This one smells fresh. Once you start getting, like, really up close, you start realizing, like, that scaredy crow's made of people. Okay, who's this recently bathed motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) How are you approaching, I would say? I am going to say, once I realize it's people, and once I realize that it's it's too big to be any of the people from the town, because, you know, Goliath, that's more on troll scale there. Yeah, I'm about eight feet. My first thought is challenger. My first thought is this person wants to be king of the valley and take that title from Gondak, which means I'm probably going to approach with a, a whistling noise from above as a stone hurls through the air. Then I want two things because trolls, trolls aren't like giants. They don't typically have the, uh, like the hurl a rock attack right so but they are me... they are large um they are and they large do have so what i'm gonna say strength. is yeah. i want a just a athletics check basically a strength check to pull a sufficiently large rock to be weaponized uh 14 plus 4 18 i'm gonna call that a d8 rock aram does an 18 sound like a d8 to you or does that sound like a d6 rock a d8 sounds totally fair I'm imagining like a chunk of shale, like the size of Captain America's shield, just a nice, a nice big hurling rock. Yeah. (laughs) The sort of thing where it's like, it's going to shatter against the armor. But it's going to sting like a bitch. Give me that attack roll then. Uh, That is going to be a 26. Will that do it for you? Definitely going to hit. 100%. Okay. Wrong. Gnome. D8 plus strength damage. D8 plus strength is five plus four, nine damage. 
Aram, I want you to make a 19 dex or a 19 strength save. A 19 strength save. Okay, interesting. Yes. Let's see what happens. 15 plus 5 is 20. It hits you and you're when you hear it, you don't really clue in immediately. And then you start to see what it is. Wait, I do though, because when I was raised on the hilltops, Ooh, we used point. to play Smashy Catch. I was ra- <laughs> I was raised playing Smashy Catch, so I don't see it coming, but I hear the whistle just in time to turn and spin with it. You know, it's too close before you really realize it's a familiar noise, but it's such yeah. a weird circumstance to hear it, and like this is still going to catch you full in the chest. It's too big. You know enough to brace yourself, and you take it like a champ. It shatters. It cracks down the middle. There's, like, little bits of shale now scattered sort of around you. And you look up, and there is this troll standing there. Uh, Do you continue marching forward after you threw this, or is this, like, throw it and see how it goes? I I think Gondak uh, threw the rock. And now he's shouting down in giant from the from the, the top of that hill. Next one, not warning shot. Those Gondak goats. Gondak king, king of goats. These goats. <laughs> and Jaram, you speak giant, so you get all of that. I do. All right, so I would like uh, crack my shoulders. I still took the damage, You right? took the nine damage still. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, that was... I was going to knock you on your ass. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I was able to just basically take it. I'd crack my shoulders, place a hand to my chest and heal those nine points of damage. And might raise my other hand in the air and in giant. Hello there, friend. I am not here to fight. I am here to speak with you. Gondak looks a little confused at this response to to the traditional uh, giant opening of Smashy Rock. I'm going to make a deception check here real quick. Um, uh, th- that is a two plus charisma zero. So that is, this is a, a charisma zero uh, deception check. Okay, talky meat. You talk. Gondak, listen. Just go over here briefly where other rocks are for no reason. And, and Gondak starts uh, clearly kind of levering up another rock from, from the shale outcropping. Zardok chuckles and hefts this huge sword out of the soil and takes some more appropriate fighters a stance. I do not want to have to do this, my friend, but if you wish to end your own life, I shall be the instrument that does it. Uh, let's see, 14 plus uh, 4 strength, uh, 18 to wrestle it free. 18 is what you got last time. Yeah, I cool. would be an asshole if I said no this time. <laughs> and uh, ooh, 4 plus 7 uh, to throw it. So that's only 11 to throw. Just kind of spin out of the way of this one, knowing it's knowing it's coming. As this one hurls through the air, you hear, Gondak think you make interesting arguments. Gondak considering arguments. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I would start to close the distance between myself and Gondak. Uh, at this point, uh, Gondak's going to uh, kind of drop behind the rise where he's getting the rocks. And then I would like to, given trolls kind of reputation as ambush predators, uh, I would like to go ahead and make a stealth check of... For a second, I didn't recognize I'm using my Humblewood dice, and that is a 20. 
he's just into the snow. Like if you've ever seen like the uh, video of like a corgi running out into the snow and just disappearing in, he is just just flat in the snow out there. <laughs> you've still got a little bit of like rocky outcropping you can come up against. So when you hit it, you hit it with momentum and the snow collapses in behind you. So there is absolutely no evidence of a hole. Mm-hmm. Once I lose him, and again, I'm somewhat familiar with trolls and I know that despite their size and bulk, they are good hiders. And once I do lose them, I'll stop and I'll cast Moonbeam and just start sweeping through that area. Just open up my hand and this shaft of silvery light pours out from the clouds and just starts right over the snow-capped hills. Oh, that's fucking scary. How long do you wait, basically? What would it be to try to, like, in the... uh, army belly crawl down the hill effectively while still is that be still a stealth check you think um because i think that's the uh try not to be where he thinks i am i think that's entirely fair i'm gonna give you disadvantage because you have to do this like at pace because that's a it's a pretty big area that that hits and he's just sweeping behind you uh and stealth is a dex check right it is yeah so So plus one to a plus one to a 12 is a 13 uh, plus uh, 19, so 20. So 13 at disadvantage. And I'm rolling perception, right? Yep. All right, plus five. Oh, six plus five is 11. This spell is intensive. Like, it's a bigger gun that you're pulling right now. So there's a lot of focus that goes into it. And you're just making sure, like, you kind of pointedly sweep all of this ground Moonbeam is a radiant damage, but at the same time, it's still enough that you're, like, leaving puddles in your wake and just slowly sweeping along. Meanwhile, Gondak, you are just slowly kind of burrowing. I, I feel like if if he could roll high enough on perception, he'd see a nose occasionally poking out like a shark fin to triangulate right. where, where he's going and just, like, the nose going Bugs Bunny style uh, in, the, in the snow for a bit. Absolutely. Uh, rather than do this in initiative, because like that's going to be slow and tedious, where do you want to wind up, Gnome? I want to wind up. I know this hill, and I know this yeah. territory. This is my territory. So there is going to be a path that's the clearest and most obvious path up the hill. I want to be in a spot where I can leap out and grab a, a person who's using the, the sure foot. So someone who knows rocky terrain would take this path. I'm going to be right there. Then... Aram, I think you cover the whole area. Moonbeam lasts for about a minute, yeah? Yep, exactly. Then we're going to say that this took you like five rounds, so about half a minute of just scouring area, and you're left kind of sitting there just like, it's not here. Yeah. It got away. Yeah, I've moonbeamed everything I can moonbeam here. Yeah. So now I'm looking for whatever, what would be the obvious path this troll would have taken? Because trolls are not clever creatures, so they would have gone for the most obvious path. Correct. That's what a troll would do. And you look through, and there are a couple places where, like, if you were trying to be really, really sneaky, it'd run the risk of, like, knocking a little bit of gravel down, and you'd, you'd announce your presence. But if you were careful about it, you could get up over there. But there's just one path where you can definitively see, like, this is a route you could climb. That's probably the route it took. Am I um, entering uneven terrain? Is that how I'm interpreting Absolutely. this? Yeah, this this is going to be something where you're like, you're having to climb a little bit. 
All right. Snow covered, snow covered scree in particular is is nasty to climb, but yeah. Yeah, but again, I am a Goliath. I am from the mountains. I am from the snow and the stone and the wind. I begin to climb. I think that means I'm probably going to go ahead and get a swipe at him. Yeah, that scaredy crow comes directly under you. Man meets, not smart. Man thinking meets, even worse. Uh, <laughs> and I am just going to, uh, as soon as he goes past, uh, I'm going to explode out in uh, a hail of gravel and snow. And these two long arms with these massive clawed fingertips are just going to emerge from the the snowbank that you're by. And I'm going to go and do the full-on multi-attack. Uh, so that's a, a bite and then two claw attacks. Uh, the bite is an 18 plus 7, 25. Yep. Um, claw one is a 12 plus 7, 19. And claw two is a 17 plus 7, 24. You're looking to hit a 17, so easy. Okay, cool. Um, so the claws, I'll go ahead and do the bite first. Uh, 1d6 plus 4 piercing is one, so five damage piercing there. And then uh, each of the claws is 2d6 plus 4. So uh, 3 and 5 is 8, plus 4 is 12. And uh, 5 and 3 is 8, plus 4 is 12. So the bite hits me and kind of pulls me in. The claw rakes along my side. But by the time the second one comes around, I have activated my innate Goliath ability. And for a moment, my skin flashes to stone. And those claws just bounce right off. With breath that is foul from a diet of garbage and rotting offal, uh, claws that are likewise foul, um, dripping with not just the, the the juices of my meat, but also the the climbing through the rocks and the weird tears and cuts and all that green Icarus troll blood just dripping from my claws as I as I swipe at you. And you hit me like a Mack truck, but I'm big and I'm stronger than most of the things you faith and I was able to meet it. So now we're just like staring into each other's eyes. A smile cracks across my lips, and I nod, and I'm like, All right, if this is what you want, creature. Bonus action, a searing smite, and then I'm going to take two attacks. The first one, 13 plus 8 is 21. That'll hit. And the second one is going to be an 18 plus 8 is 26. First hit, my blade, this just giant two-handed sword, right? It just bursts into flame be before it strikes you. And you take 19 points of damage plus an additional seven points of flame damage as I bury this blade into you. And then for the second hit, you take another 13 points of damage as I pull it upwards and out and just rend across your chest. Gotcha. Uh, is that second one also flame damage? No, just cool. the first one. By the time I've pulled it out of you, the blade is already cooled. So Gondak at this point is, uh, uh, he he was expecting to get the drop on you. And yeah. he clearly got some hits in. Uh, but how are you looking? Are you looking like, like he's sizing you up now? Could he maybe take you down right now? You would expect me to be dead after that hit. And I am like hurt. I'm definitely like, you know, I'm bleeding and you can see where your where your bite and your claws got beneath my skin. But like 
I'm still clearly happy to fight, and that's not something you might have expected from a humanoid. Uh, in that case... So correct me if I'm wrong, Aram, does Searing Smite not risk setting the target on fire? It's the attack deals an extra 1d6. I'm going to need you to make a d6 uh, constitution saving throw. Constitution is plus 5 for a troll, so that's solid. Uh, so that is a 9 plus 5 is... 14 does that beat it or my spell dc is a 15 okay wow all right so this troll is on fire then you're gonna take at the start of this turn a d6 fire damage absolutely uh which is a good troll hunting tactic um so i'm gonna go and take five fire damage and that's the thing is you fully expect like the moment that blade comes out you expect it to heal and you look down and you see that flames are still licking at the inside of that cut so between that and the fact that this creature has not dropped, this is much more concerning than just the strange tall man meat masquerading as a scaredy crow. So I can submerge myself in probably not water, but snow. I could I could drop prone, cover myself with snow to put out the fire, right? You could stop, drop, and roll, 100%. We've all been taught this. Cool. So... Um, <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna think back to that uh, class at the uh, uh, the the YGCA, uh, the Young Giants Christian Association, <laughs> that uh, they had the annex class on fire safety for trolls, uh, which is a much much harder core kind of lesson than you'd expect. Um, Absolutely, they take it very seriously. Very seriously. Uh, so the first thing he's gonna do um, is he's going to throw himself down the mountainside. Um, you've taken two spikes. Just roll. He is just, you know, you're on this scree path. He is uh, going to take his action to just leap down into the snow and start rolling downhill. I could take an attack of opportunity, but he doesn't. He hesitates and just, because again, he's dealt with trolls. So he just sighs and he just shakes his head. Is this even a hesitation of like, of will? Or is this like... You just attack that troll, and then the troll effectively, like, penguin slides on a flaming <laughs> gut down a mountainside. And there's a certain degree of just, like, what do I fucking do with that? I think when you're used to dealing with a, with a troll, it's a constant combination of always being surprised and never being surprised. <laughs> yep. So I think I would just sigh. I would heal the remainder of my damage, right? Which puts me through most of my uh, hands-on stuff. What is it called? Lay on hands. Lay on hands, hands. yeah. With my hands-on stuff. You know how I do my hands-on stuff? <laughs> Start to walk down the hill towards where the troll has rolled and been like, again, in giant. I haven't had a fight like that in some time, troll. That was invigorating. But enough is enough. Now it is time for us to talk and settle things once and for all. Gondak can't believe his luck that the, the meat keeps talking. Uh, <laughs> so Gondak puts himself out from, uh, uh, from yeah. the, the, the fire, um, reaches down and just bites uh, off of his wrist and just bites clear a section. And you watch as he kind of takes it and just tosses it to the side. Uh, off into the snow somewhere. Okay, talky meat. You, 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 you survived. You solved my puzzle and survived. 
You have earned the right to treat with King Gondak of here. <laughs> Gracious King Gondak, I do appreciate being invited into... And he looks around. Your fine kingdom. Okay. There is a problem we have here where this unfortunately did belong to someone else before you got here. It's a common mistake with kingdoms. I do understand. But I'm going to have to ask you to move along now. Who it belonged to before Gondak? Gondak here before, before puny manhunts. Gondak here before trade road. And horse, delicious horse. <laughs> bad, bad months, bad years before Gondak tastes horse. And he would like, he would pause for a moment. How long have you lived in these hills, Gondak? I am, by the way, rolling for HP regeneration for, for most totally. of these interactions passing. Uh, you just do a flat 10 around, so. Oh, yeah, not a D10, 10, okay. You should be fully healed by now, I would assume. How long that forest been here? Oh, and he would look over at the forest. And he points to this kind of dense, old growth, you know, thick pines that are just poking out of uh, a lower canopy of, you know, oak and birch and, and, and old growth forest. The forest has always been here, my friend. So just little more than that. <laughs> My guy is not thoughtless. He spent a lot of time in the mountains and alone in his thoughts and, and, and contemplating his, you know, his place in the universe and the place of so many different types of minds in this world. And he would have to stop and consider that for a moment. Uh, he doesn't believe the troll is lying. Does Gondak have legal claim to the valley? Oh God, is this, I'm lawful good, what's happening? <laughs> he would just stop and consider that for a moment and then change his tactics. Well, good sir. That is quite a long time, and clearly you do have claim then to this entire land. I wouldn't be one to interrupt with that. However, what if I could sell that claim for a horse? But I get goats. Old goats, my friend. Tired goats. No, 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 those are, those are good goats. They have better taste than, than those old goats I used to be able to steal. Those are good goats I get. I see, so you enjoy that then, yes? It, it is fitting tribute to King of Valley. What if I could offer you a larger tribute? A juicier tribute? Perhaps even more often of a tribute? Gondak's going to roll a perception check, uh, or an insight check, I guess. Um, what, insight wisdom, right? We're looking at a minus yeah. one to that. Uh, 12 plus one, or 12 minus one is 11. Uh, are, are, are you on the level with me? I am 100% on the level. I even have a proposal. Okay, <laughs> what's the proposal? So, as a follower of this god of roads and travel and caravans... My calling that brought me down off the mountains was that I believe we should keep these paths clear. And there are frequent things that get in the way of these paths, and a lot of those things are roadkill. It's very hard to get rid of all the roadkill on these incredibly busy roads, and it sure would be helpful if a friend would 
travel these roads with me and simply have his fill. Aram, I just want to quickly point out what a big fucking asshole you're being. <laughs> Why? You're offering him the same job, but asking him to leave the village. I'm, a I'm, I'm asking him to stop bothering the people. And in exchange, you get a pet troll. That is what you're doing. You're trying to get a troll familiar to eat things on the road. And these poor villagers just have to deal with wolves again. In service of God. I'm not saying that it's not internally <laughs> consistent for the character, right? Like, it makes perfect sense that you would be... But you have come to this village, told them it's unsafe to have a troll around just to eat your garbage. I have to go kill that troll. And then instead of killing the troll, gone, but what if you cleaned up my garbage? Yes, that's exactly what I've done. Yeah. 100%. You're a giant asshole. I'm always the worst monster, Dylan. That's the you deal. <laughs> that would be the proposal he would offer. So horse meat, more meat, more often meat? More meat, more often. Tired horses, crushed wolves, destroyed badgers, tidy rabbits that didn't quite get out of the way in time. So many different types of meat. Hmm. And Gondak, clearly, Gondak is, is having a moment with this because he knows you can't trust men. You can't trust the, the things they say. But I've been able to trust the village men. I've been able to trust the things they say. And they do give me goats. And this man came from the village and, and also wants to give me something. Maybe this, is, maybe this is Gondak's big break. And Gondak considers, and talking man has to sleep sometime. And talkie man also made of meat. Yes. So if he's lying, I eat him then. Stands to reason. Uh, and so as far as Gondak's concerned, win-win. One condition. I get to keep my livestock. Your terms are fair. And he would look back at these little pathetic stuffed things of flesh and grossness and shrug his shoulders and say, Absolutely, my friend. A fine herd it is. Uh, and, and Gondak is going to um, reach out a, a hand and he's just going to cough a huge, like baseball sized mucusy glob onto his hand and then hold out this hand that even you're in, you're large, but this is a hand that could palm your head like a basketball and, and just hold out this too big hand on the end of these two long arms and go, Gondak make deal. Nothing more honorable. He would spit in his own hand and slap it into yours. And the deal is made. Aram, you were successful in stealing the village troll. <laughs> yes. I want to congratulate yep. you on that because that okay. is, I know, in your mind, a success. Correct. And the deal works out well. Uh, Gondak, there is never cause to eat the scaredy crow because... He speaks the truth. There are many well-aged meats left on the sides of his people roads. <laughs> Delicacies. Horses, sometimes a goat, sometimes smaller things, badgers, rabbits. He takes you down south for a while. It takes you a while to get used to the temperatures, but then you start getting deer. Every once in a while, just weird animals, strange animals. The first time we came up on a moose. Can you imagine? Gondak wears the moose head as a hat until it no longer has the structural integrity to be worn as a hat. 
well, the bone's <laughs> going to hold up, right? So you can absolutely, like, you will have antler hats. Eventually, the antlers will fall off just because of how they're mounted. But just... No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, as it starts to rot and, like, you start getting down to the skull, you wind up, like, cracking it off. And you just cut yourself in the forehead and keep wearing it. And Gondak's head just starts growing over the skull cap of this oh, moose God. until Gondak oh, just has antlers. Sure. Why couldn't he just add them on? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, God, this is awful. I love it. Maybe perhaps even your bone starts to recognize it as bone and actually begins to fuse with it. I don't see why trolls couldn't do that. Possibly. But regardless, Zardok the Wanderer now travels with Gondak, the Road King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy about this. About two weeks after Gondak and Zardok depart, Oh no, oh right, the arm. <laughs> the villagers, a little bit disappointed. And then there's a banging at the door of the tavern. Gondak, very hungry. Thought terms of agreement quite clear. Welcome. And that's where we're gonna cut it. Oh, this is, the, this is a perfect fucking episode. If you want to suggest creatures for future episodes or talk about the monsters we've discussed on the show, head on over to our Discord. You can find links on killeverymonster.com. And we'll see you next time for Kill, Kill Every, Every Monster. Monster. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The ancient mountainous deserts to the south of Faerun are the places where mortals first raised great temples and unlocked powerful secrets. A kingdom once fractured by infighting has been united under the iron claw of the red dragon, Chazar. The Great Lizard's quest for immortality has become an all-consuming obsession. His need for worshippers has set him on a path against the old gods of these lands, and they will not go quietly. An unlikely cabal of deities has banded together to undermine Jazar and ensure that their temples remain protected and active. They've traced tendrils of fate to preferred timelines, then selected five mortals who had the best chance of bringing those futures to fruition. You will take on the role of one of these chosen in Death to the Dragon King. 
Find out more about this Start Playing Games campaign and all of my other available games at aram.gay.